Super Track Talk podcast. It is part two of the season review. We hope you've all listened to part one. We hope you all enjoyed part one. Jay and Charlotte are back for part two. Of course they are. How are you guys? Doing wonderful, thanks. Can't wait to get into this. Things going to be juicy. Thinks of opinions will be shared and exciting ones at that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to get started. Absolutely buzzing mate what what a year and what a title battle and i can't wait just to get into all the little nooks and crannies and all the crevices of this title battle you know weed it all out uncover it all touch every single blade of grass on the pitch let's go I don't know how to follow that. I don't know how to follow that. Uh, in part one of the review, we covered all the storylines from the season. And in part two of the review, which you are listening to right now, we will be talking about the Titanic battle between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. We will be deciding the awards for the season and we will quickly run through each team, just see how they did, see how, you know, see how their, their year was. Some were better than others. Some were positive. Some were worse than we were thinking. But... We will get to all of that. Let's start. And the only place where we can start, and that is in Bahrain, where the start of this absolute mammoth season occurred. Quite a good race. Quite a good race, I must say. It was. And I remember watching it at the time thinking, God, this is so exciting. But, you know, little did we know, like, every race was practically going to be like this for the whole season, which is even better. But obviously... There was that very interesting overtake right towards the end of the Grand Prix between Max and Lewis, uh, where Max had to give the space back because he uh, gained an advantage by going off the track. And uh, that gave Hamilton his first victory in the 2021 season. I think Bahrain foreshadowed a lot of what was to come in the year in the fact that was going to get an amazing title battle with the two contenders scrapping it out for race wins, which is obviously good. But then it also foreshadowed the poor stewarding we saw this year and the inconsistency with, uh, in terms of enforcement, especially with, like, what's the point of saying you can go wide here uh, with a turn four at Bahrain? You, like, you can cut the track, but if you need to overtake someone, you can't do it. Just say you can't do it whenever then. That's what I never understood about that. But, I mean, it was a mouth-watering race. I think that's probably the best... Season open. I mean, I actually know. Tell a lie. Twenty twenty was really good, wasn't it? Twenty twenty season was really, really good in Austria. But who that won was... that one again? Just remind me. Honestly, shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was it was Bottas. It was <laughs> But yeah, it was just a really good season opener, and it foreshadowed what was to come. And I don't know. I think it made me really excited. Yeah, and I think after pre-season testing, Mercedes weren't great. So there are a lot of questions of, oh, is this going to be Rebels year? Are Mercedes even going to be the second quickest team? And then they won the opening race and everyone kind of just sat there and went, oh, not again, thinking that they'd run away with it. But (laughs) they did not run away with it. They did not run away with it. Did you guys think after Bahrain that Max Verstappen genuinely had a shot at the title? Or do you think did you think this was more of a one race wonder kind of vibe? Um, I kind of felt like you know we saw the last race of the twenty twenty season that uh, Max dominated Abu Dhabi and he kind of thought okay like Red Bull on the up um, and the whole beginning of the season I was just kind of like really rooting for Max to do well because we've seen so much of Lewis's dominance I was just wanting Max to kind of always be up there. Because I just wanted this season battle, like this title How battle, the to keep tables. going. I know, right? Um, 
yeah, I just wanted this season battle to keep going and not for it to fizzle out and then, you know, Lewis win it by Great Britain. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was. it was exciting. It was exciting to see someone battle Lewis that obviously wasn't his teammate. Mm. No, it was um, it was really good. Uh, did, I I did think Verstappen. I I think the Red Bull was the quicker car in Bahrain. It was on pole. It looked like they had the better race pace. And I just thought, you know, like going to future tracks. You think Imola. You know, it's a twist. Is it twisty? Is it, is, it, is, it, is Imola twisty? Is Imola kind of twisty? It is twisty. It's really fast. But well, it's quite sections twisty, of it are twisty. But Max nearly it's... spun in Imola. Under the mm, safety car, didn't he? It's been twistier than it has been before, but like, I just thought that Red Bull, especially on tracks which are a bit more twistier, is, that, is it twisty even a word? I don't know. Anyway, tracks which have more corners, I thought, yeah, they're going to look good. So, like, Hungary, Monaco, I thought, yeah, Red Bull going to come into its own there. And I guess it did, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Imminent, Max won. In Imminent, Lewis got second with some mad timing of the red flag caused by the Russell and Bottas collision, which we spoke about in the last episode. Uh, it was on. The fight was on. I think Imola was the first time I've seen that I can really remember where maybe the pressure's got to Hamilton a little bit. You're like, or, or like maybe he's got a bit too excited. Because you think he was closing in massively. Obviously, Verstappen at the start, done a Verstappen, just sent it down the inside of, of both Perez. And do you remember actually Perez was second? He, he out-qualified Verstappen in Imola, which is really random, wasn't it? But he just sent it down the inside of both Hamilton and Perez. You know, not having over the coast, a bit of contact, and then I thought, you know, that that was the first sort of flashpoint. The where, first moment, yeah. The first, where you, you know, this is serious, this is serious. And then, I think Hamilton was closing in on Verstappen really, really quickly, and I think Merck went for, was it an undercut or an overcut? One billing three. One of them. I can't remember. I can't remember, one of them. And Hamilton, obviously, you slipped off that toaster into the barriers, and... Um, broke his wing and it's a reverse out, lost a whole lap to Verstappen. And obviously, thankfully, that red flag came out just at the right time. But I don't know. I think that's the first time I've really seen sort of Hamilton buckle under, under the pressure a little bit. I don't know what you think, Charlotte. I was going to say, I believe it was an overcut. Um, I think, yes, it was an overcut. There we go. Um, but not by much. I mean, Max pitted on lap 28 and Ham came in lap 29. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that, you know, that first lap incident between the pair of them, I thought was very interesting. And obviously we kind of have seen it repeat as the season goes on of Max kind of, you know, he goes for the move and he's like, I will have my car here and there's nothing you can do about it. And Lewis does back off. Um, not saying that's wrong. It's really exciting, hard racing. Um, you know, they were wheel-to-wheel. -wheel. It was no one's first corner in that incident. Um, but yeah, you just saw the fight and it, you saw that feeling from Max of, I can do this. I'm really, I'm, you know, I, and I think he does actually genuinely believe that he is the best driver on the Formula One grid, which I, I think lots of other drivers probably don't. You know, other people might think, oh yeah, like, I don't think people can think, oh, I don't think I can beat Hamilton. Whereas Max is like, no, I, I can beat Hamilton. And I think that's what we can see from him. You see that aggression and that hard racing going through his blood, his veins. Well, he definitely can beat Hamilton. <laughs> We've seen that. <laughs> um, not in the next two races, though. What, Portugal spoiler. and Spain. Sorry, yeah, but no one knew what happened. <laughs> um, not in the next two races, though. Portugal and Spain. Lewis took the win in both of those. Spain, we had a bit of a Max Verstappen lunge down the inside. And then we had a 
well, we had a strategic masterclass from Mercedes, and I kind of thought that that was going to be how the season would play out. It would be Mercedes out strategizing. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now Red Bull. It, it wasn't really Mercedes' strategy was was questionable in quite a few places, not least Monaco, which was the next race. Yeah, well, Mercedes weren't on it this year. That's all I want to say. Not much to say. I was gonna say, yeah, this their strategy this year. You know, on you know the pitting choice of tyres and things, just didn't feel like the Mercedes that we've seen in the past. And I think they felt the pressure from Red Bull this year. I can't come off me apparently. Um, I was gonna say after the uh, Iberian doubleheader, as it was colloquially known, I thought, well, here we go again. Merck are just gonna run away with it. Um, Charlotte, why'd you look puzzled? What did you say, Iberian? Iberian doubleheader, yeah. What's that? Uh, Portugal and Spain. Oh, mad. Sorry. There you go, mate. Well, you know. <laughs> I um, did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So after Spain and Portugal, I thought, well, it was first. Portugal's first, didn't it? After Portugal and Spain, I just thought, well. Hamilton's going to run away with it, you know. Bottas was on pole in Portugal, but Hamilton blitzed both him and Verstappen. And then obviously Spain, that strategical masterclass where I just thought Merck got the edge. They got the better race pace, you know. Even if Verstappen can qualify ahead, there's going to get them in the pit stops. And I thought, well, here we go again. Hamilton's going to win the title probably soon. And, and I, it, it gave me very sort of similar vibes to Vettel, where Vettel was there, but Merck was just a bit too strong for Ferrari. And I was thinking it could be a sort of similar kind of case. But then... Monaco comes along, and I mean, oh, for me, bloody hell, Ferrari were on pole for that. Do you remember that? Leclerc was on pole in Monaco, mm. and then um, controversially, like you said, could argue that's the first time we saw Merck get their strategy wrong in a while, where they just completely, I mean, they completely messed up Hamilton's strategy. They brought him out, and he came out behind what Vettel behind was it Gasly, Gasly as well, I think, yeah, yeah. and he and he came seventh, and then that obviously gave him gave the lead back to um Verstappen, and that was. Uh, that was quite a significant turning point for Monaco. Yeah, where strategy was shocking. That was the first big jump, mm. wasn't it, between yeah. the pair? And I think the, f I mean, uh, uh, any race to get your strategy wrong, it isn't Monaco because you mm. can't get past people there. So, yeah, I don't know. They definitely dropped the ball. I just I've mentioned this before because it annoyed me at the time and it's still kind of, still kind of annoys me now. Is Lewis's comments after the race in Monaco? I think even Lewis Hamilton and even Max Verstappen. The team is bigger than the driver all the time. And when Lewis, after the race, said, I've got nothing to learn, but the team have got loads to learn, that annoyed me because Lewis is racing for the team. He wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the team. We've seen it in football recently with Lukaku and Chelsea. You know, one individual isn't bigger than the team. And it just annoyed me that he outed the team quite so publicly like that. I was quite surprised by that because normally Hamilton's pretty eloquent with his choice of words, especially when it comes to media interviews. It was, uh, I mean, I know he was frustrated with the strategy and it was a really poor strategy and it definitely cost him maybe like fourth or fifth and it lost in the lead in the uh, championship. But I don't think you should do that in public, personally. You know, I mean, Hamilton, he's been around the block, he knows, I mean, may maybe it was a young driver, a bit more understanding, but not from Hamilton. And like, there's times when Hamilton has made mistakes that it's not the team's fault. And I'm sure there was a big one in the next race. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I, I wasn't too happy about it, Dan. Yeah, it definitely wasn't his finest hour, as to say. Um, just that whole weekend for Mercedes was a shocker. Uh, obviously, you know, Bottas had a really great success. He got a new record of the longest pit stop ever. So that's really great for Bottas. 40-something <laughs> hours, I think, it took to get that wheel off still, that tyre. Too long. That's how um, long it took. Too yeah. long. Not the best. Um, 
and yeah, you know, for Max to have that win so comfortably, I mean, Checker was right on the back of Lando Norris for, you know, the the last, you know, 20 or so laps, last few laps, last third, I'd say, of Monaco. Um, you know, they were looking strong and it kind of started to think, whoa, I don't think Mercedes have this in the bag like maybe many of us predicted at the beginning of the season. No, no, not at all. And then we headed to Baku, which up until three laps, four laps from the end, was looking like a certain match for Stappen win. And then his tyre blew out, which wasn't the last of them. Jesus, Jay. That was good. That was really good. <laughs> it made me jump. That was my impression of a, of a tyre exploding. Thank you. Um, I, I still it. thank the Lord that he turned right and not left. Not turned, but he spun to the right and not to the left because of the way the barriers were. And then it was a certain win for Lewis if Max out the way, right? Well, that's what you'd think. And especially even before that, like, I think they went for the undercut. Um, or they went for a pit stop anyway, I'm not sure. But Lewis could not get anywhere near Max in any shape or form. And I think... Oh, it was Perez, wasn't it? Because P- Hamilton was it. third. Perez was second. That's right, that's it. I couldn't remember if he was second or third there. That's the thing. Like they, they was he couldn't do anything, and you could hear the frustration again. You know, with Monaco not going his way there, you just thought back who was the same. And then Lewis, you know, was starting second off the line for the restart, a two lap race, which I thought was quite exciting, with Checo first, and Lewis had an incredible start off the line. He absolutely flew away. Then he hit the brake magic button, which I don't think any of us even knew existed kind of thing. And he just went straight ahead when everyone else was turning left for turn one. Oh, what a plonker. What a plonker. It's a marathon, not a sprint, he says, before completely missing the corner and not scoring any points. Well, that's the thing, you know, like we, I think we've already mentioned, could that have been a factor of costing him, this, you know, the championship? Because that was an easy, like, 25 points in the bag. And he completely lost him. Even if you were in ultra cautious and just let Perez go and head. Yeah. P2, 18 point swing is huge. Especially Massive. with the fine margins we've been discussing this season. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely, I mean, if, if one of the team's fault, Baku was definitely Hamilton's fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Bottas was nowhere that weekend either. And this is where I will give credit to Sergio Perez because he finished the job for Red Bull, which they haven't had a driver in the position to be able to do so in the last few years. Also, well done to Vettel and uh, Gasly. Yeah. Yeah. Gasly. Oh, Gasly's move on them, Leclerc. Jay's got a motorbike outside his window. Do I? I do, actually. Yeah, sorry. It's um, Valentino. Anyway, yeah, no, Gasly, he's uh, his move against... It's Leclerc to like repass him at Baku and those like uh, weird sprint race was beautiful. What a race Baku was. Actually, no, no, actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a good race. No, there was a good finale. Yeah, 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 I've, yeah I've, I've, I've been brainwashed by the by the last two laps. It, <laughs> I think everyone has. Everyone's raving about Baku and it wasn't really that great. Uh, and then the we had the qualifying was crazy as well, wasn't it? It's like red flag Always central. Is. Four? Were there four? It was, it was, was almost four. too crazy. Like I felt like. Yeah, it was a bit much. I couldn't continue my day <laughs> after the Formula One because it lasted so long. <laughs> we haven't we haven't got to spa yet. Yeah, um, I was then, say. then we had the triple header of France, Styria, and Austria, which Max Verstappen was so dominant in, especially the two races around the Red Bull rings. No one could catch him. He was so far ahead. Well, well I don't know. I said earlier about after the Portugal and Spanish race. That's not right. Portuguese and Spanish race. That I thought. Well, here we go, Merck. 
after that, I thought Red Bull got the better car. Is Verstappen going to walk away with it? He had a huge, huge uh, lead after those races, Cause, especially because in was it Austria or Styria, Hamilton had a some kind of issue. Was it gearbox? Yeah, issue? it was the second race, so Austria. And he fell back to like fourth. I think Lander got yeah. past him, and yeah. they, they let Bottas go through as well. So he lost quite a lot of points there. Also, actually, France. Do you remember? I think. Red Bull sort of got revenge for Spain because it was like a very similar strategy when it yeah. just flicked on its head. But yeah, no, after those that triple header, I just thought, well, Verstappen, mate, he's clear. And he did look untouchable in those three races. He looked like he'd even broken a sweat. He even slowed down on the line at one of the races and sped across. He just looked that dominant. So I was sort of fearing that we wasn't going to get that championship battle that we was craving or that it wouldn't go on until as deep into the season as he was hoping. But how I was wrong. Yeah, literally what Jay said. It was you started to think, oh well, maybe this is actually Max's like domination, and there's not going to be the title battle that we were all hoping for. Obviously, that was not the case. But yeah, France. They once again, Red Bull just got that strategy. Max with fresher tyres was chasing down on Lewis and got him on. I think one of you know one of the last few laps, and then Bottas's tyres did the one stop, and that's when he shouted at his team, going, "You know, I told Why you." Why did no one listen to me when I said exactly. it was going to be a two stopper? Was and that the words was, he used? Yeah, that's one of the first times we've heard him really get aggressive and like anger in the radio, which was quite fun. I was like, "Go on, Bottas." Um, so that you know, Sergio Perez. You know, or Red Bull in general had a one and a three, and Mercedes had two and a four, which is mm. really not what they expected. And then Austria, oh my goodness, the first one, Max just drove away. That was the end of the race. Um, and Lewis was struggling originally halfway through the race. They said to Bottas that he wouldn't be able to pass him, and then they quickly changed their minds and said, actually, no, you're free to race. So then Bottas finished second, and Lando Norris came back on Hamilton and got third. So you kind of started thinking, well, they're dropping off. This is this is it. <laughs> you know, I, if this is, you know, showing what's going to come for the rest of the season and we're not even halfway through, you kind of thought, well, this is Max for the taking easily. And he did deserve it, you have to say. It was so such good performances from him. Yeah, no, he definitely deserved it. Definitely deserved it. And, you know, Max was running away with it at this point. But then we hit Silverstone. And this really was the first major, major drama of the season. Brilliant battle throughout the first half of the first lap, not including the sprint race, someone about the Sunday race there. Brilliant, brilliant battle. And then they reached Cops. Go on, Jay, tell the story. Well, to echo what you said, Dan, it was a brilliant battle. It was everything you want from uh, Will to Action. You know, they were neck and neck going down to, oh my God, What's the corner called? Brooklyn's. Head and head to head going down to Brooklyn's. You know, Verstappen was being aggressive. Hamilton was trying to get by. He was sort of, you know, dipping his nose into places. And then they're going down to uh, Cops. Hamilton got a beautiful toe, didn't he? He was, what, half a car length alongside? Did he say that? Half a car, he was alongside Verstappen. And I don't know, I kind of felt like he went for like a half-hearted move into cops i think hamilton knew that if he didn't get passed by sort of maggots and beckett's or uh, i guess actually maybe stowe then the race would be gone because in the sprint race verstappen did kind of this drive away from him so i think he knew that he needs to get past early doors and he had a really good chance into actually was it a good chance he, he, had a, he had an opportunity into cops and it was sort of like a half-hearted move and he i feel like in my opinion it was hamilton's fault that he did sort of like stick his nose up the inside and knock Verstappen into the barrier personally. Oh, interesting. 
<laughs> their controversy on the podcast. Oh, I disagree. Um, I think it was a racing incident. I think both were at fault. I think Hamilton definitely could have hit that apex. You saw that he was quite far from that apex into Cops. And if we look at his move on Leclerc, for instance, later in the race, um, he hit the apex. But then with Max, he completely just was turning into Cops when you knew you were going side by side by Ham. So you should have left a bit of space and not turned in as like an acute angle to Cops, I believe. And then obviously the wheels touched, but I don't think it was anyone's corner as per se. Um, like, you know, I'll talk about Brazil, I'm sure. Um, I do think it's a racing incident. And yeah, it was a big scary shunt. It was a big crash for Max. And obviously really pleased that it was it was not too bad. Um, you know, he didn't have any major injuries and he was able to walk away from it. Um, and I do think the 10 second penalty for Hamilton was enough and i knew he was gonna get a penalty as soon as i saw it i thought that's a penalty even though it's a racing incident um and i still <laughs> think it's fair enough no fair enough um i mm, i'm gonna go 60 40 on it with Ooh. they both could have done more to avoid the incident that's the thing like max had a lot of track that like he could have gone out wider lewis didn't hit the apex of the corner so he could have gone nearer the inside but, I don't know, Lewis was always going to get a penalty for that. I think a penalty was fair enough. So, what can you do? Red Bull were fuming at this. They also, were absolutely before, raging. Before we move on to, what was it next, Hungary? Um, I think Silverstone was the first sort of time we saw lobbying by the teams towards the race director. You sort of heard Toyota Wolf on the radio saying, Michael, I sent you an email. Oh like, boy, was that uh, race? That, yeah, <laughs> I that was really random. Like, you just send someone an email whilst they're doing their job. Um, and obviously Michael Massey even said that as well so but I think that was the first time where it started to get a bit out of hand where you sort of had you know Red Bull and Mercedes trying to lobby the stewards and the race directors to try and get the optimum decision for their drivers I think this was the first time as well that Red Bull went full Red Bull when since after the race they were like that's a disgrace ban him from a race Max was sent to hospital Albon get here and recreate the, the lap or whatever it was and it's just like it's just not necessary is it it's like it was a crash in an F1 race. It's going to happen. Like I wouldn't say that if Lewis had just opened the steering and driven into Max, fair enough, but he didn't. So, but anyway. I think, I think he did understeer a bit because obviously it was, it yeah. was the first lap and his no, tyres weren't probably as warm. He, did, he didn't hit the apex as much as he should have mm. and then Max turned in more than he should have. Yeah. One major opinion. positive yeah. from this was that I was sat on the start line so I got three starts for the price of one. Well, the sprint gel. race, the main one, and this one after the I red was, flag. Um, I was well happy. I was by Vale. Where were you? The, I was by the pit oh. entry. So well, I didn't get to even see them on that one. <laughs> I was I was in my granddad's living room, so not quite oh, as good That's as the yours. best for you. Uh, next year, next year. Um, then we headed to Hungary, which we can skip over. Uh, no, no this, this was where Bottas went bowling. Um, there's no other yeah. way of saying it, and he he did not have he didn't have a great a great uh, first run to the corner at all. Neither did Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll did exactly <laughs> the same thing. I would say it was a bit worse because he just didn't break and just flew into Daniel Ricciardo. Of course, you'd say it's worse. I would, but <laughs> Bottas well, actually helped Mercedes quite a lot. He took out Max. He took out Perez. He took out Lando. He let Lewis go through, but then Mercedes also messed up. Do, do you know what actually? I think the whole grid messed up 
I mean, Mercedes worse, but surely they could tell that they they, sh they should have just all gone out on inners. I mean, on softs or where it was, or or slicks. Sorry, they should have gone on slicks. Do you not think? Because obviously, so like the, the red flag period, and then they do a lap, don't they, round to the grid. So obviously, they did, so on that lap, all everyone came in bar Hamilton. And I think Mercedes was saying that if they brought Hamilton in, they might have had to like wait because other cars were coming past. But I don't know whether that would have happened. I feel like maybe Hamilton could have just sped up a little bit and then got in, got his tyres done uh, and got out first. This was, this was the race where we racers won literally happened, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. It was. Was, yeah. I forgot about that. You what know a mad what? season. That was the most bizarre thing I think we've ever seen. Just one car starting. He didn't even care if he had a good start off the line. It just didn't matter because everyone in the pit lane had to mm. wait for him to go but, past. But, but what would have happened if like Hamilton, his, his engine just bogged down or he just stalled? Oh. I mean, I don't know if <laughs> yeah. stalled, but like, say he just didn't move anywhere. And then, like, <laughs> what would happen then? Because the, the cars in the pit lane can't leave until Hamilton gets past them. <laughs> just imagine his hand going, sorry, hold on. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, what, what happens? What happens? I mean, anyway, that's what happened for I was just surprised that one of the the back the team for back the Alfa Romeo the Williams the Hasses didn't just think why am I just going slicks now and come out of slicks after the red flag period on the laps of the grid because then they were like they were lined up at the back of the grid but there would have been P2 going into the first corner behind Hamilton of course and Hamilton would have had to box because it was too dry I thought one of them would have gambled on it because I mean if it, if it if it was still too wet and they still had to uh, box, who cares? They still come sixteenth, seventeenth. But if they do it, they're they're leading the race by what, fifteen, twenty seconds. No, I but I follow. You're not following my logic here. No, because Lewis, it was wet and everyone else pitted for slicks and Lewis didn't. On the formation app, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying so. So obviously, like you can change your tires in a red flag period. So. Why? Why didn't? Oh, why didn't I am with you. I am with you. Then send their you. like put slicks on to the car for the for the for the for the laps of the grid, and then like say it was too wet and fair enough you made a mistake but you're still going to come sixteenth seventeenth but it wasn't it, it it was pretty dry they could have started on slicks and they would have been P two and P one when Hamilton pitted and they could have I mean maybe not won the race because they might have had the, the pace to upkeep that but they could have at least you know come top five. But I just don't think the teams predicted that because obviously it was so wet at the beginning. But even, but it may, I was sitting there saying, well, actually, I, I didn't see it, but when I, when I rewatched it later, <laughs> uh, I was saying, I was saying, like, why doesn't someone put slicks on Jay, and just you go need for to it? Be in that paddock. Get on I that do. I think, I do. Am I right in thinking the only other wet race was Imola before then? I'm just going back through. Yeah, the only other wet race was Imola, and that took ages to dry. So maybe they just didn't realise Hungary would dry so quickly because Imola was damp throughout the whole race, even though it wasn't raining. Yeah, maybe, I don't maybe. Know. But I don't know. I, I just think if you're at the back and you're not going to score points, do it. You've got nothing to lose. Yeah, I think I think they will maybe in the future, though. I think that they'll think of Hungary when making future decisions. Mm. Go on, Charlotte. But going back to the race itself, with Hamilton not having gone in with everyone else on that formation lap, and he's now just put himself last. You kind of thought, right, well, Max was outside the top 10 and Lewis had to somehow try and claw his way all the way back, along with Max now being ahead of him. And I thought that was an extremely exciting battle. We also saw Max battle people like George Russell and, you know, cars that you kind of... He had I think a great actually, one with Schumacher. That's what I was going to say. It was a really good yeah. one with Schumacher. Um, 
and yeah, it kind of was just a really exciting race. I feel Max actually was not really anyway. He couldn't do much, and Ham did get past him. Obviously, worked his way up the field. Uh, oh, I mean, two fans of Max. He has literally half a car. He <laughs> that that, yeah, that Red Bull yeah. was destroyed. I mean, I think he's and he's still. I think he's done well just to get back up to what ninth or something like that. Yeah, he finished ninth. Mm. But still, it was interesting for the championship, especially if you know that was just after Silverstone, where Max lost a lot from points wise because he was so far ahead after mm. the austrian races and then hamilton was leading after hungary exactly yeah exactly exactly next we had belgium which we're not even going to talk about because it annoys me every time Boo. i talk about it and the fia was stupid and then we went to zandvoort which was probably the most boring race of the season so far yeah, yeah it, it was. was just but a the procession. atmosphere was the best yes yes that was absolutely sick. I wanted yeah. to be there so badly when I was watching that. I thought, this is such a good vibe. Obviously, it was full of the Orange Army, just orange flares left, right, and centre. And I think they said, please don't set them off because the drivers <laughs> can't see. Um, that didn't really stop half of them. Have you seen the onboard footage on the um, the slowing down lap of Alonso? And yeah. you can literally see nothing. Yeah, no, that was pretty dangerous. Um, but no, the atmosphere was crazy. Party vibes. Uh, I think it was fitting that Verstappen won. The first Dutch mm. Grand Prix on its return, yeah, and it was a good story. I, I could not imagine if Hamilton won that. the The reception he would have got would have been crazy. He'd have been booed back, probably back to the UK. So, no, good at Verstappen won. Uh, I think that did that give him the lead in, in, in the championship, or was it Belgium that done it? I think it was. I want. I, I want to say it was Zandvoort. Off the top of my head, I think it was but... Zandvoort that gave him back the lead. But no, he 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 was. I think it was that was probably Verstappen's best Grand Prix of the year. Because you think like the pressure he'd have been under at his home race yeah. in front of like hundreds of thousands of Dutch fans, and he didn't make a mistake. Qualified in pole, you know, led had a huge advantage over the Mercs. Got past Bottas when he needed to. Controlled the race. He was flawless that weekend. And it was quite interesting. And I think Ted Kravitz said it in the notebook after. But Max's reaction, he didn't have this like massive release of, yeah, I won. Like we saw. Hamilton and Silverstone after he was really knackered as well but you know his home crowd you could see how much it meant to him and that really geared him up whereas Max still took the victory like yeah thank you very much and was very chilled about it which just kind of made you think like how is this guy who's like I think he was only 23 at the time before he turned 24 later in the year um so calm in one of the biggest championship battles in Formula 1 history but obviously in his career Mm, I don't. I think. I think maybe expectation. I think after the sprint race, when everyone saw in this is Silverstone, that that Red Bull car was probably quicker. I think everyone was like would have been surprised, or like that Hamilton was going to win, because I think that Red Bull was quicker. Where in Zandvoort, Red Bull was definitely quicker. You know, everyone came thinking that Hamilton was going to win. So I think it was maybe more um, like a a release intention. What's the word I'm thinking of here, Dan? I know what you mean. I don't know. What Do you know what I mean? Like but... he's more sort of like just glad that he's won. You know, relieved. That's one. He's relief. It's relief. He's he's yeah. relieved he's won, rather than sort of Hamilton being like, oh my god, I've won, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just how he is for Stephen. Maybe he's just sort of cool as a cucumber. But uh, that's the only way I can really kind of justify his reaction to uh, winning at Spa. Spa. Zandvoort. Spa. Ooh. I mean, um... Spa as well. <laughs> 
You were, yeah. I can't remember if it was you guys that I said this to or not, so I'll say it again anyway. But the difference between Zanvort and Silverstone, in terms of Max had a totally dominant race at uh, Zanvort, crossed the line first, fireworks everywhere, flames everywhere, people were going mental. And, you know, Lewis had this ridiculous fight back at Silverstone, crossed the line first, and everyone kind of went, oh, very good. Let's have a cup of tea. Like, there were no fireworks, no major celebrations, really. Lewis waved a bit of a flag. But the difference between Lewis's home race and Max's home race is crazy. But maybe that's just because Max just is the only Dutch driver, whereas at Silverstone... You, I was going to say, Silverstone has been there for so many years. He's not the only British mm. driver. Whereas Silverstone, Max... fan-wise, was very Lando-heavy, I found, this year. There were a lot ah, of Lando fans. But there was a lot of Hamilton, which... no, There like, were. I was quite there surprised were. in the sense of... You know, Hamilton is really, obviously, he's very liked and obviously he's a British driver, but people do have quite opposing opinions on him for his stuff that he maybe, you know, he's a bit, what he's like outside of the track, if you know so, what I mean. Um, see, I was going to ask you guys, was Silver, because obviously Zandvoort was a very partisan crowd, was it the same at Silverstone? You guys went, was it all Hamilton, but clearly it seems like there's a big big support for Lando and George. I remember when Russell had done that, he's, un he's only qualifying lap in Q3 at Silverstone and people going crazy for him. And I feel like you're more likely to see uh, an orange flag at Silverstone than to see a Union Jack at Zandvoort. Well, with the crash in my section, anyways, where I was standing, um, for Max and Lewis, people did really cheer when Max crashed. Whereas I was a bit more like, ooh, like a... Big crash, actually. I'm not sure if we should cheer it. But people were like, yay, Lewis looks like he'll have it. That's interesting, that, because mine didn't. There was one woman in front of me who did, who went a bit mental, really, for everything. She was <laughs> cheering the close engine problem. She was cheering Bottas moving out of the way. She was cheering uh, Max going into the barrier at whatever it was, 51G or something. Yeah, <laughs> But everyone else was kind of stood there and kind of went, oh, that looks nasty. So, I don't know, it's funny that, how different different sections of the track were split. It was mixed, like, it wasn't full, like, everyone going yay, but there was, I could hear, like, yeah, and then also be like, ooh, but a lot of yeah, which is more than I expected. I remember that more than anything, and I kind of thought, Don't get not. me wrong, when it happened, there was a big kind of, oh my god, like, sort of, that went around everyone, but then there was just, I think it very quickly turned to, is he okay? Because of the nature of the crash, there wasn't really like a period of, oh, thank God, he's out. Right, Lewis, Lewis. There was there was a lot of checking he was all right. Uh, let, let's move on because we need to need to speed it up a little bit. We then had Monza. Well. well <laughs> Incredible race. Let's just put they, there. Yeah. They have great race. Great race for Bottas. Good great vibes. race for Danny Rick. Great race for Land. I remember uh, Charlotte, I spoke to you after this one and we were just so happy. We I think that so was our happy. best race collectively. Like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. But of course, the drama was Max mounting Lewis. Whose fault was it? Max. Max. That's all. I mean, Dan is also nodding. If if Silverstone <laughs> was Hamilton's fault, or it was more Hamilton's fault, I think Monza was more Verstappen's fault. Do you know like, that that gap was always going to close? And then obviously, I mean, I think it was probably made worse by the fact that where the curbs are there, that it just launched him up over Lewis. Like yeah, if it was a bit, like if it was flat there, he probably would have just gone in front of him and probably had to give the place back or something like that. But then I think both moves at Silverstone and Monza were desperation. I think Hamilton was quicker at Monza and Verstappen knew that if Hamilton got ahead of him, he was going to drive off. The same with sort of Hamilton at Silverstone. So yeah, probably more of Verstappen's fault. But yeah, crazy weekend. Danny Rick's back. 
Uh, McLaren won two, only won two of the year as well. Crazy. Yeah, madness, absolute madness. Uh, then we went to Russia, which was a race full of drama. Lando should have had his first win, but he didn't. We spoke a little bit about that on part one of the review. Uh, Lewis won in the end, and Max P2. No one would have predicted that with about five laps to go. Yeah, that's literally what I was about to actually say, Dan, is within all that emotion, I kind of missed that Max was second. Obviously, he took his engine penalty that race weekend as they thought, right, well, this is going to be Mercedes dominate track. Like, let's just take it now. Um, and it just seems like Red Bull must have, you know, I, I, I won't lie. I was too busy watching Lando and Lewis. But Red Bull must have got that strategy spot on of the right time to put on those wet tyres and get him up to P2. And I think that really helped Max in the championship because like we've said already before, Lewis has had, you know, a P4 finish, P7, um, you know, not always making it in the top three, whereas Max consistently had either won or been second or then obviously with Silverstone, DNF, Monza, DNF. But otherwise, he was first or second every time. Yeah, Monza was at uh, Monza. Russia was huge. Uh, then we went to Turkey. Bottas, my man, got the win. What a dub. Uh, Lewis was unhappy with the team strategy. I, f I think Turkey was probably the most boring wet race I've ever seen in F1 history. It wasn't as good as the year before. And it, it was it, so it, stressful. It needed to drive. It needed to drive for it to be a good race, but it was just always wet and there was but no then, sort yeah. of crossover. But 2020 was so exciting, I thought. But like that was just sort of like they were driving ice and people were just spinning. Yeah, in five I mean seconds. that was funny. Yeah. Well, was Seb, great Seb tried to make it exciting this year by putting slicks on, but then oh, quickly yeah. realised it was Lord. far too wet for that. And then didn't he that like spin the in the weird. pit lane as well? Yeah, like, the pit lane. On the, yeah. On the exit. And it was just mm. thinking, what were you thinking, mate? <laughs> I guess like if you're at the point, you've got to gamble. Like I said in Hungary, so get me on the pit bull Aston Martin next year, this year. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then we went to the US and Mexico, which were pretty dominant wins for Max, to be fair. I don't think there's too much yeah. to say about those. After those two, I thought, that's it. It's done. Yeah. Well I done. Was, yeah. See you later. Off you go, Max. Well, champ. Yeah. Nice one. So did I. So did I. And then Brazil. Oh. That was a weekend of controversy. Oh, Mate. it wasn't. I mean, it was an incredible race. I mean, Stella. the whole weekend, actually, just in, in general, the whole actual weekend was incredible. Obviously, Lewis was taking the engine penalty there. So that gave him, was it five grid plays? Was it five or ten? It was five. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs> a long day. Um, it was taking five, but then, you know, that qualifying performance from Hamilton was just rapid. He was like a rocket. But Max was a bit too inquisitive, wasn't he? He had a little touchy-feely of his rear wing. Oh, yeah, this was here where it cost him 50 mm -hmm. grand. Yeah, well, I wondered where you were going with that then. Yeah, And then you, you finished the sentence. Said, I was like, ah. Because that disqualified Lewis and he lost his pole position to now be starting the sprint race from 20th. He was 15th by turn one, though. <laughs> it's it, ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. He finished that sprint race P5, but then obviously had to drop to P10 because of um, the engine penalty. And then he was just making his way right up the grid, right up there. And then we had that interesting, interesting battle. Was it, mm. I don't know what turn it was, but I know exactly, I can see it in my head, but I can't tell you the turn number. Turn four. Turn oh. four. Retroposter. 
got a bit spicy. It did get a bit spicy. I mean, I think my opinion is quite clear, and we've said it, obviously, on the Brazil Grand Prix, but very quickly. What did you guys think? Oh, it was Verstappen. Uh, you can't just drive off the track. He is a lucky boy. Car off track. He's very lucky. And that, that's what I was saying about earlier on with the inconsistencies. That is a penalty. And I think when you lose that, it really ostracizes the rest of the drivers because they don't know what's right and what's wrong now. Because if you see Verstappen doing that, then they're going to do that. And it just sets a principle for everyone else. And that's not really fair. So, yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with the steward in there. No. No. 100%. No. That was a absolute, like, 100% penalty. And they just kind of left it. Obviously, you know, Lewis did get the win, so it didn't kind of matter towards the end. But still, to kind of show the principle of you can't be doing these moves, like Jay said, a penalty should have been awarded. And I just can't believe the FIA were just like, nah, it's all right. Yeah, I was very surprised as well. But Lewis did win that, and that was huge in the championship. Um, Qatar, pretty... Standard win for Lewis, nothing special there. We had an Alonso podium, which is pretty impressive. But, you know, Lewis first and Max second, it was beginning to set up very nicely for the season finale. Saudi Arabia, there was a bit more, a bit more tangly-tangly there. A lot of tangly-tangly there. Probably the most tangly-tangly we saw all year. Um, don't know what. I don't really want to oust Max Verstappen too much, but he definitely crossed the line in Saudi Arabia. And I just feel like, that left quite a bit of taste in my mouth in terms of like the race like after the race it was a crazy race it was a really good race but I just sort of thought that eh, you know like I'm not really too pleased about that it was a bit sort of Verstappen crossed the line it was borderline a bit dangerous I thought a bit reckless and it isn't what I consider to be Grand Prix racing it was probably more a bit it definitely crossed the line and yeah i don't know as a hardcore f1 fan i consider myself as i wasn't too pleased with it no, i mean race, i didn't sorry go on charlotte go i was on. gonna say that race like completely got my heart rate going with anger <laughs> um it was just a farce it was just i mean the track itself was pretty scary uh, I think Herman Tilke has done an interesting job on this track. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this season. Obviously, it's not the penultimate race of the season. It's very early on. So I think maybe drivers That's a good be... point. That's the thing. I think drivers as well, especially with Max, you can see that he knew that, that the championship could be slipping away from him if Lewis gets this win. Because then if Lewis had that win, there would be level points for the grand finale in Abu Dhabi. Um but just the FIA's inconsistency, and that's the thing. Max did uh, that move on Hamilton into turn one, or turn two, you know where I mean, the first chicane, um, and cut the track, and he couldn't understand why he was penalised from it. But it was like, no, you should be penalised, but you should have been penalised beforehand. And it was all just these things. It was just such inconsistency, and that's what really ruined that race. Even though people go, wow, it's so exciting. It's like... No, <laughs> you know, these the, the drivers, yes, hard racing is completely warranted and wanted by everyone because it makes the sport exciting, but within reason and safely and just the FIA was starting to lose grips on that, I think. They started realising this championship is getting really exciting and how many people could be watching. But what a finale it gave us. It did set out perfectly, almost too perfectly, which is why, you know, maybe what Charlotte said... By the FIA, maybe it was a bit sort of scripted. 
that you know. I, I don't uh, buy it. I don't buy this scripted thing, but but it was controversial. That's safe to say. We we won't talk too much about what happened in Abu Dhabi because we spoke about it for a long time on the Abu Dhabi race review, and I don't really think there's any more to say on it. There's nothing else has come out of it since Mercedes have dropped their appeal. That's the only thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think that came from Hamilton. And actually, just a quick one, I noticed he's unfollowed everyone on mm. social media. He follows no one on Instagram. Um, I think it's more of him trying to take a bit of a detox and time away. Because obviously he hasn't spoken since then, and I don't blame him. And then I've heard lots of rumours that he's going to retire after this year or something like that. And I'm thinking, no. I, I You know, obviously he lost the championship in such a horrible way. Um, as everyone will know by now, um, but I I think we'll see a determined Lewis come back, and he will still go for that eighth no matter what. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Well, and so. to Abu Dhabi, I was going to say that it's sad that's the way it ended, and it ended with such controversy and in such a farcical way. The the season didn't deserve that ending. No, it's very annoying. Anyway, moving on, let's very quickly run through the teams and how we think each of them did, and then we will do the awards. Haas finished plum last with zero points. Tough year for Haas. They need to hope for a better 2022. I mean, look, you heard it here first, guys. Haas are going to be the top team next year. Top of the grid. Constructors champions, I tell you. I'm kidding, obviously. Um, They have said that they are focusing more on the car this year. So we will see. Thank God for that. Well, you'd hope so. I'd I'd like to see them, you know, higher up and have a few more battles because obviously I think I I don't know. I think I listened to it in a podcast with Schumacher um, that you don't see much of his battles at the back of the grid, and I would like to see a bit more because you don't see much of them. Um, yeah. What are you What are you saying, Jay? Pass. Uh, it's probably up there in terms of awfulness with the Williams car from a few years ago when Kibitza joined. That was shocking. It was like two seconds off the pace every weekend. And and, and that's off the pace of like the Williams cars or something like that. It was literally so, so bad. I mean, I know they put all their resources into next year because obviously next year new regs or this year's new regs. But yeah, awful, awful season. Out of ten, one number, what would you give them? Two. Sure? Yeah, I'm going to say two. Yeah, I think I'd give them a two as well. Alfa Romeo were in ninth with 13 points. Eh. I think that's the one word summary for them. Eh. Eh. Um, yeah, I mean, at the start of the season, I said to the boys that I found Giovinazzi a bit unforgettable. Uh, no, no, you said you said he was forgettable. Forgettable. No, I didn't mean un. Sorry, I did say forgettable. Um, kind of how I felt about Ocon as well. Um, but he had some really... Actually, when I said that, I think the races after that, he was qualifying um, into Q3 and in the top 10 and things like that. And I was, like, really impressed. And I am a bit gutted that he is leaving Formula 1. Um, so that's my thing on Alfa Romeo. Obviously, Kimi, I wouldn't say it's his best season. He had quite a tough season. Um, but we'll miss his character in the paddock. Yeah, Kimi didn't really care, did he? He was just happy to be gone. Alfa Romeo, they were all right, but they did, get, they did get beat by Williams. They sort of lost that best of the worst teams accolade this year to Williams. So it's got to be, in terms of a grade or a number, a three. Three, sure. 
three. He's signaling three. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't unmute there. Three. <laughs> I'm going to go with four because Ooh. I don't think it was awful. And I don't really know why else. Just four. Um, in eighth was Williams with 23 points. Much, 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 much better year than previous years. There were certain weekends where their car actually looked somewhat decent. Mm. I mean, obviously, like, Russell managed to get to Q3 a few times. Uh, I'm not sure that was just Russell being amazing or that Williams car was actually half decent. But, you know, they were able to sort of battle with the Aston Martins, the Alpines and all of that. So, yeah, much better year for Williams. Much better year. Hopefully, a sign of progress to come. No, that was great for Williams. It's so nice seeing them get their first points. And I think the first points was Hungary. Right? I'm right. Yes, uh, Hungary. And actually, it was a double points finish, which I thought was even sweeter. And you saw how much it meant to George. Um, and obviously, you know, he had two top three uh, qualifying starts this year with Russia and uh, Spa. So, you know, it's, it was really great to see Williams doing a, you know, better than they have been for the last few years. And hopefully, like we say, they're going to be on the up. One number. Jay. Nine. Oh, they were really good. Mate. It was much better. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to say nine. Think about how poor they've been the last few years. They got what twenty-four points this year. They're right. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. So yeah, much better. It's, I mean, it's literally twenty-three. No, it's not because twenty-three times zero is still zero. But you know what I mean. Like it's a much better year than what they've had before. Uh, sure. I'm gonna say seven. Yeah, that's what I was. I had in my head. Oh dear. Okay, Jesus. Um, no, Thanks. but that's still good. <laughs> no, it's still good, but I felt like maybe I've inflated mine too much. Well, oh. potentially. I was a bit surprised by nine. It's okay. <laughs> so, so was that's I. your opinion. In seventh place, we had Aston Martin with seventy-seven oh. points. I'm just. I'm not going to explain three. That's my rating for them. So much hype and such a poor year in comparison. That's the thing. They had such a strong season last year and they were battling for third in the Contractors Championship. And this year they were nowhere to be seen to be battling for third. Um, you know, Vettel had a podium. He almost had two, but he got mm. disqualified in Hungary. Um, and Stroll, I don't feel like we saw him that much. Like, I can't, I, there was no really like standout performances for Stroll for me. But hopefully, once again, you know, I just want to see them be more in the midfield yeah they they really struggled i think those new regs this year the the sort of low rate high rate cars obviously that hurt them and Merck a lot more than all the other teams and it seemed to hurt them probably the most so in terms of a ranking dan i think i'm gonna go two alongside Haas. ouch that is that is quite charlotte's face look at charlotte's face i just didn't expect two uh i'm gonna say four okay I think that's fair enough. The livery was enough. nice. Now, <laughs> I don't think that this next one really reflects their season. In sixth place, we had Alpha Tauri with 142 points, but they were so close to fifth for so much of the season. Do you know what? <laughs> I think Alpha Tauri let themselves down a little bit this year. Oh. And I mean that not from a car point of view, but from a strategical point of view. And from a driver performance point of view, I think they should be closer to Ferrari and McLaren than they should have been to Alpine and Aston Martin. I think they had the car to be like. When, do you remember we left um, testing in Bahrain, and it looked like AlphaTauri probably had the best car in the midfield. Like there, there was sort of like people were sort of saying, "Oh, Alpha they could win this year." Um, and I don't know, like 
they, they made a few strategic errors. You think uh, Imola, they got it wrong. You know, Sonoda had a few things. Gasly made a few mistakes as well. It was a bit underwhelming with Alvatari, I thought. Especially with the car they had this year, they should have been higher up the table. Um, yeah, I don't have actually too much to add. I think AlphaTauri were... I mean, Gasly was just carrying AlphaTauri. He brought in most of the points. He was kind of battling Alpine almost on his own. Like, Sonoda had such a great start with Bahrain and then kind of struggled for the rest of it. Um, and obviously, towards the end, he started getting good and obviously he got P4 in Abu Dhabi, which was mad. Um... So I think it's a bit of a shame with Alpha Tauri. I think since um, Albon, Alexander Albon, became Yuki Tsunoda's driver coach, we did see a change in Yuki, and I think he was less aggressive, especially on the radios. Um, and in his driving style, I think he just started to get it under grips and get more experience. And um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I would go with the seven... AlphaTauri, even though they finished sixth, and ninety-five percent of that was Pierre Gasly. Good season. I'm gonna go to six. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. In fifth, we had Alpine, hundred fifty-five. Kind of the also runs in a way. Like I know you would say that's Haas, but they just they they weren't good. They weren't bad. They were just kind of there or thereabouts on the fringes of the points every week. I would give them a six. Yeah, three flash points. Obviously, Alonso's podium and Ocon's victory. I think a six is fair. Yeah, I kind of second that, really. Um, they, you know, I think Alonso was really starting to get to grips with it the second half of the season, which really, I think, brought them up. And obviously, Ockens win, so I agree with a six. Cool. McLaren Mercedes P4 with 275 points. I see, um, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to give them a five. A five? I'm going to give him a six. I'm so sorry for all the headphone listeners that Jay has just deafened. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, do you know what it is? Why? They were good, but they did lose the throw in the constructors. I expected more. And I feel like they could have been a bit higher. And like when you look at some of the points they threw away, from they threw away a, a victory in Russia. What did it throw away? Well, they did. Oh, my days. They, right. got, they got the strategy wrong. Oh, right, okay. Oh, go on, go on. Defend your team. Uh, I don't think I think everyone's once again I think everyone's being too harsh on them. You know there was a lot of bad luck. Lando had that win. Had the rain not come, yes, the strategy didn't go well. But you know, learning curve. We move. They haven't won a race in so long. Can we just bear in mind it had been years since they had last won a race, and we saw that they were much better and much calmer in Monza, and they got the one-two, the only one-two of the year from any uh, team. Um, and obviously, the start of the season, Lando was so dominant. He was doing great. Second half, he had, um, you know, a lot of bad luck. Daniel had some very highs and quite a few lows as well. But I would give him a seven. Do you know what? I forgot they had a one-two. I'll give him a six. Um, that one-two does <laughs> wow. boost it a little bit too fair. <laughs> well, I love it by one. You know, the... I would like to say an eight, but I just feel like you won't allow that. No, you can have it if you want. Great. In third place, we had Scuderia Ferrari in with 223.5. Ugh, here come the point fives. But considering the 2020 they had, that is a great season. And I think that is largely down to the driver lineup. Both were scoring very consistently, very strongly. And fair play to Ferrari. I'm giving them an eight. 
I think they've got the best driver pairing on the grid, personally. I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Leclerc and Sainz is dynamite. Yeah, I think eight's fair as well. Yeah, Ferrari had a bit of a you know tougher start to the first half of the season, but second half they were so so comfortable and so dominant compared to McLaren. You know, they're both I think finishing sixth and seventh at least in every race towards the end, and they just look great. And I really like them as a pairing as well. So I'll give them I'll give them an eight. Yeah, look at us all agreeing in Aww. harmony. In second place, Red Bull Racing Honda with 585.5 points. I'm going to give them a 9. I think they had a good season considering they weren't able to fight the Mercedes. They didn't win the constructors. They did win the drivers. Not a lot more to say on Red Bull, really. Yeah, I think a 9's fair because there were definitely times this year when their car was definitely the quickest. You think France and the Austrian races, Mexico and the USA. Uh, where else were they quicker? It was quicker Monaco, quicker that's Anvil. So, to sort of they made gains. They definitely made inroads into Mercedes' dominance from last year when work were really dominant. So, yeah, you got uh, you got to praise them for that. And like I said, they did win one of the championships. So, yeah, nine. I think nine's good fair. I would like to give them an eight. Um, oh, oh, ow! Yeah. That's harsh. They were second. Yeah, but this is my my beef with red bull so apologies to all the red bull fans and i'm probably gonna get hate but here we go um i just <laughs> sorry <don't>... bart <laughs> this is for you bart um i just don't like how like they're off track games i'm not here for it i don't like christian horner's messages into the media i don't like they go oh, hamilton deserves a race ban for silverstone i'm like guys come on you know, just stuff like that. It's like, I want to see the fight on track. I want to see it between the drivers on the track, their strategies and things like that. And that's what always kind of puts the cloud over it for me. But I have to say, Red Bull strategy this year has been incredible. They've always seemed like they had the upper hand. They look so comfortable. They're in an undercut and it works and things like that. Um, and obviously, Max won the Drivers' Championship and he does deserve it. He had an incredible season. He was incredible this season so yeah still an eight though <laughs> harsh but i can see why you I'm are just... quite anti-red bull um and mercedes won the constructors championship with 613.5 points i'm still only going to give them a nine though because there were mistakes that they made you know they, they weren't perfect i'm gonna go eight i know they won the constructors championship so that technically means they have the best car kind of or the best team but I don't know I mean I know they were affected by the sort of similar to Aston Martin the high rate low rate issues changing the downforce to the rear of the car but I don't know like we just saw a lot of mistakes from them they got strategy wrong a few times and they just didn't look quite as invincible as they've looked in previous years so eight I'm stuck between eight and nine with Mercedes as well because like we said I thought you were going to say a ten no, 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 no. They've made quite a few mistakes this year with their strategies and things like that. I feel like I will go with nine um, because I just feel that, like, even though Bottas had, like, every single engine penalty under the sun, um, in terms of the race, I just feel like maybe they didn't jeopardise Bottas's as much as, like, Perez. There was times where they were like, oh, we're just going to box you, Perez, because you need to take the fastest lap, even if he's running in the points. And I think maybe that would have been more beneficial 
but I know they were always focusing on the drivers. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I can't decide. But yeah, I'll, I'll say nine for Mercedes because, you know, they had a great result with Bottas being their second driver. And um, I think Ham's done a great job. And yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't really explain myself very well, but here we are. No, no, I think I think I think that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. And the final part of this podcast is, of course, the 2021 season awards. Jay's going to take us through them. Fire away. I am indeed. I am indeed. Right. Well, people, welcome to the awards. Uh, we're going to vote democratically and let's get into it. So best driver. Who have we got? Let's go to Charlotte first. Oh, see, you know what? I've struggled a little bit with this. Um, and I think mine, is, I just, I think mine are biased. I probably like tomorrow will probably have changed my mind, but I've, can I say two? No, no. Okay, well, look, look, let me say my two and then I'll, maybe I'll reach a conclusion. I put Hamilton, but then slash Lando Norris because I didn't expect Lando to have been as good as he was oh. at the beginning of the season. I know, look at you rolling your eyes, but then have. Got to push you for an answer. Got push for okay, an answer. Okay, okay, Hamilton. I'm going to say Hamilton. Well, I think me and Dan are in agreement, but Dan, who's yours? Mine is Carlos Sainz. What yeah, a driver. Carlos what Sainz. a driver. So, our driver of the day, driver of the day, driver of the year, is Carlos Sainz. Best team. Oh, can I go? Go on. Ferrari. Ferrari. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, ah, I'm debating. I'm really debating. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say Williams. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a fair. That's a fair shot. Only I... because of the comeback that they've had, and they have wow. gone from nothing to actually quite a few points. Yeah, they lucked into them, but they all count, don't they? So yeah. I'm going to say Williams. I appreciate that actually. Uh, I put Ferrari as well, so it is Ferrari, I'm afraid, on democracy. But I do <laughs> like I do like that shout from Williams. Okay, worst driver. Are we all in agreement here? I don't, I don't know. know. Number nine. Yeah. Uh, I did put Mazepin, and I felt a bit bad about it because I feel like um, it was quite obvious that people would probably uh, think this. He he lost the Schumacher in every single qualifying. You see, session. this is it's what the quality <sighs> performance. Mm. I have faith for Mazepin next year. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm a fan of Mazepin because I'm not, but I have faith that because he, he hasn't been terrible and he has improved consistently mm. and he has shown moments of good driving, like at Silverstone when he overtook Mick at a uh, club, club. Uh, what's the final corner called? Yeah, club. Yeah, club. Club. club it is club. Yeah, when he overtook Mick at club. But worst driver. I'm torn between him and Yuki, but it doesn't matter what I say because you've both said Mazepin. So no, it's not. It's our individual awards. It's fine. Yeah, but I don't, I don't. Don't make me choose. I had to choose. Choose, Yuki. Okay. Oh. Uh, best overtake. But Yuki also showed moments of brilliance. He did. Sorry, but it's too late now. You said Yuki. Can't <laughs> <it>. <laughs> best overtake. Dan, you go first time. Best overtake. Max for the championship. I, oh, I couldn't say what a, a different. Are you joking? I couldn't what say a, a different one. Are I'm you sorry. A bubble? I'm sorry. I, I couldn't say a different one. What that's the most cop. important overtake. overtake of the whole season. Oh. I guess gosh. it is, but that's a, that's a cop out. Well, I'm great, copping though. out then. I'm copping out. <laughs> Charlotte, copping um, please. I was a little bit overwhelmed with this award because there's so many. I was a little bit struggling to like focus on one. But f- uh, for now, at least, anyways, I've put Lando versus Leclerc and that was in... Oh, I put Austria. That's not in Monza. It was Monza. 
It was sponsored. Mm, it was a good move. I'm pretty sure that won the uh, F1 Fan Award. It did. I just thought it was great. And obviously, you know, Lando took his time. He didn't go for it on that chicane and then went on the grass and got past him. Mm, Albert vibes. Uh, I thought, initially I put Hamilton versus Sonoda, but then I, I watched it in Fortnite. I mean, that good. The one at um, Hungary at turn four. So, after a bit of more research, I'm going to go for Perez against Ricardo at the Spanish Grand Prix, round the outside Ooh. of turn one. That was pretty naughty. I did like that one. Anyway. Um, nice. There we go. Three different overtakes there for you to all gander at. Uh, best moment of the year, Charlotte. What are you gone for? Um, for me, it's Hamilton's drive in Brazil. Ooh. Is a whole entire moment for him to have basically overtaken twenty-five cars, if you count from the sprint, mm. is pretty like incredible. I still don't know how he's done it in a way. And yeah, he had an insane car, but it was more than just the car. It was his drivability. Dan? You see, uh, this isn't going to be popular and no one's going to agree with me, but my <laughs> personal moment of the season is when Bottas crossed the line in Turkey because I was just so relieved that he'd got a win this season. So in my heart, my personal moment of the season is Bottas crossing the line in Turkey. To win. Slight bias there, but fair enough. I went for the <laughs> uh, ever so slightly. I went for the uh, McLaren one too because it was good to see McLaren very cute. back. Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. That is a very close mm. number one for me. To be fair, I don't want to say close second because yeah. Biggest mistake. Done. The FIA throughout the entirety bold. of the shenanigans that we saw in Abu Dhabi. Fair enough. Well, Michael Massey more specifically. Michael Massey. But, you know, we'll, we'll blame the collective. Sure. Well, I just put Michael Massey in capital letters on my oh. notes. So you guys um, went down the uh, FIA route? Yes. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, what happened in Abu Dhabi. Can I give an honourable mention to Hamilton pressing his brake magic? Well, that, that, that was my one. So oh, there sorry. You go. Oh. <laughs> Hamilton at Baku, because that, that, that definitely was cost a big him. Mistake. I mean, like, we look at it now, that cost him the title. So Yeah. Um, best radio, please, Charlotte. Uh, I quite liked when. Um, well, I didn't like it, but I liked the response. Uh, there was a point in either the Styrian or Austria. It might have even been a practice. I can't fully exactly remember, which is not good. But um, Lando spun off and his team went, what happened? <laughs> and he was like, what damage do you have? And he went, uh, talent. And I just thought that was, <laughs> that was a good I one. I it was jokes. I remember that's that. That's good. I enjoyed yeah, that one. That will be mine. That's a very good shout. DP, what you got? See, I don't know. I'm actually struggling with this one. I liked it when Bottas' engineer went, Paul, in Brazil for like ages. Um, but again, I'm going to be boring and go sentimental and go with Max crossing the line because of the joy and the fact that even though it was controversial and whatever, he had achieved his lifelong dream at that moment. Oh my lord, Max! That's the one. Well, I've gone Raikkonen at Bahrain um, when he had that whole thing with his engineer about, um, like, can you hear me? No? So, <laughs> but, 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 but I, I remember still this. 
It was so long ago, that. but it was actually so funny. Oh, so. that was no, that was really good. And he's like, well, how are you like answering you me? me? Yeah. You can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Just typical rifling. Right, biggest surprise back to you, Charlotte, I believe. No, it's Dan. Yeah, go Did... Dan, because I'm still I am thinking. here. Biggest surprise, um, Dan. Oh, biggest surprise. Hmm. Ferrari? Because yeah, I actually yeah. expected, I said that they would be in a battle for McLaren for third, and everyone laughed at me. So it's not a surprise to me, but I think overall it is a surprise that Ferrari got P3. Yeah, fair enough. Charlotte's grimacing, but what do you think? Yeah, because I wrote this earlier and then I got rid of it because I wasn't sure, but I think I'm going to go back to it again. Go and on. I put Carlos Sainz. Yeah. And I say that not because I didn't think he could do it. I knew he was good. And last year I was thinking he was underrated as well. But I think to have finished P5 in the championship is quite a surprise. Um, when I think people would have said that it would have been Leclerc. And then people were saying it's obviously going to be Lando. And then all of a sudden he jumped to fifth. And I just think, yeah, that would be mine. What about you, Jay? Well... I put Ocon winning in Hungary because of course who would have thought that, that? is a surprise. That's, that's that true, actually. I didn't think about it like that. Neither did I. Okay, well, biggest controversy. I feel like there's only one answer here. There is indeed. Surely. Should we? And... Should, uh... right, so, should, should we say I'm free? Should, should, should we <laughs> Okay, we'll go to the same I hope we say the same phrasing. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say when Mazepin pushed Schumacher into the pit lane, but Jay got his sarcastic comment out there before mine. <laughs> no, surely we go Abu Dhabi, don't we? <laughs> yeah, you got to go Abu Dhabi. Yeah, oh, you both were joking. Okay, phew. I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> Wait, I said Canada being cancelled. <laughs> For a minute, I, I thought... mentioned Mazepin. <laughs> uh, biggest disappointment. Oh. I put Sonoda. I've gone Sonoda, but Aston Martin over. I've gone Aston Martin, they're mine. Well, yeah. For me, for Sonoda, you know, everyone was hyping him. Bahrain looked promising, and then it kind of just went a bit down. Yeah, I feel like he had sort of two good races, the first and the last, and the rest of it was very mediocre. Especially after that overtake he'd done at Alonso in Bahrain, where he just went down the inside and was like, oh, God, he's a wonder, he's going to be amazing, and then he just kind of petered out very quickly, crashed literally every week after that yeah anyway uh okay now for the big one the most important one best race dan we go to you first monza monza only because i see it wasn't the most action-packed race of the season but only because i was so entertained throughout all of it because i had bottas to look at and i was wanting mclaren to do well so for me monza fair dues fair dues shazza uh, Monza is a very honourable mention from me, but for me, it is Brazil. Brazil, yeah. Brazil. I've gone and for that's... Monaco. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you'd already planned your surprise response there and then realised it didn't work. <laughs> I know, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Sh- 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 like agreed with me for like half a second. I was like, wait, what? that was terrible. <laughs> and then it clicked. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, interesting. Didn't expect it. And then I was like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think it was Brazil. Just to see, like, there was a- there's action throughout the race. He was never bored, was he? It was no. the whole weekend as well. Mm. It wasn't even just the race. Yeah. I think the whole weekend, 
was incredible and it was the last sprint race of the year i just think it was just amazing from start to finish also honorable mention to silverstone because nothing beats being there so in terms of enjoyment that race but in terms of actual racing yeah. I feel like there's a lot of contenders like for Imola in there. Imola was a really good race. Yeah, this year was mad actually. Russia was a really Imola. Russia was a ridiculously good race, especially it was Russia. Saudi Russia was a good... wasn't great until the last few laps when Lando didn't pit no, for inters. That's when it was really bad for me. Saudi was a good race, even though it was controversial. Saudi was, was, was good. That was entertaining. I don't know, there's loads of good races. Probably the most good races there's been in the season for a while. Maybe since like Even France was a half France decent was good. Race. Spain was decent as well. I know. Well, anyway. Shock. Well, that concludes the awards then. So I'll hand it does back to you to see us out. It does, no I'm more afraid. Awards. What a season of Formula One racing we had. And my headphones have just nearly fallen off my head. But that is all we have time for today. And that is the end of the 2021 chat, Jay and Charlotte. Any final thoughts on that? season that we had brilliant year ended poorly very sad yeah i'm quite i'm quite sad that we're we're this is like the last time i mean obviously we'll make mentions back to it but it's the last time we're really gonna talk about it because this season has just been incredible and i feel very privileged that we were able to have witnessed such history being made uh, and i just hope that you know the next few years will be continuing that excitement and uh yeah Bring on 2022. Very, very true. We will be bringing you podcasts all throughout the off-season, of course, but it's not long to wait until we see the liveries, until testing, and I'm so excited for 2022. New cars, new drivers, or driver? Joe. Joe's the only new one, isn't he? Just, just Joe. Joe Guan Yu, apparently. That's how you say it. Joe Guan Yu. Guan Yu Joe. Joe Guan Yu. That's how you say it. Bottas Valtteri, Valtteri Bottas, Alfa Romeo, Romeo Alfa, who knows? But that is all we have time for on this week's Track Talk podcast. Thank you guys very, very much for listening. We'll see everyone next week. Goodbye.